Hello, and welcome to episode number seven of Feedback on Unwind Media. This is actually the first episode of season two. I'm Rob Attrell, and every month I sit down with talented Ottawa musicians, Damien and Biel. As usual, Damien and Biel will be playing some music, which you'll hear sprinkled throughout the episode. Fun fact, this time, this is the first time I believe they actually already played the music. Yeah, so it already happened. You're going to be hearing the past as <laughs> opposed ba- to the future. Yeah, we're basking in the the afterglow of that whole experience. <laughs> so if Damien sounds terrible, it's because, <laughs> as you will hear, he's been yelling into a microphone for the better part of an hour. <laughs> it's what happens. It's part of the game. Yep. So season two, we are back. We've been we did six months of episodes. <sighs> we took six months off, and now we're back for uh, hopefully six more episodes. That's uh, that's the plan. Six months sounds like a long time, but it I feel like it was just last week we did the last feedback. It, it felt like last week, but a lot has happened since then. I think. Yeah, I mean the main reason the main reason it was kept to six months, to six episodes, one per month, is the fact that I got married in July. Hey, probably- hey he's a married man. Ladies, get your hands off him. Woo. That's uh, that's probably the least of the reasons, but that uh, that that's a pretty big reason. Though. And then I was gone for the better part of two weeks, almost the better part of three weeks on a honeymoon. So yeah. Where did you go wrong? Most of August went to Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. I'm wearing the shirt that I got specifically for Hawaii. It's <laughs> I got it here, but so for the people who can't see it, it's like palm trees and mm. palm leaves, flowers. flowers. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. It's very pretty. Some ocean shading. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Very Sick. nice. <laughs> Love it. But even, <laughs> even better this, this episode or this episode and this series, this series of six episodes is going to detail the the epic that's going to be eventually an EP. Don't do that. Um, don't do that. You don't an even want ep- me to tease it? Epic? Okay. No, no, don't call it an epic. Don't, <laughs> we are, we are, it's going to be an epic journey. To, yeah, it will be. Yes. It's going to yeah. be really, really fun to, uh, to get in the studio and to take some of these songs that we've, Played, written a long time ago, or maybe more recently, and played forever, and maybe even add more layers to it, flesh yeah. them out a little bit. And it's, I think it'll be interesting for the listeners to hear songs that they've heard us play, but in a different way and, than they expect. And yeah. you know, and, and this time around, you know, you don't need to turn up the uh, you no know, violin. Everything will be there. You yes. know, you'll be able to hear all the words. You'll be able to hear all the guitar solos. Uh, and everything. And, you know, while you're going to work, you'll be able to listen to it, right? So, so all you folks waiting for this to listen to and purchase and download, it's coming. Yeah. We have some people who said that they, they want to listen to stuff while they walk to work or yeah. Oh, yeah. they're at work or whatever. It's flattering. It's really, really sweet of people to like our music that much or to like recognize it when we start playing or like to sing along or something like that's all really weird. Yeah. Well, for the most part, the experience with with your music has been, you know, you have to be in a dark place. You have to be out late. You have to have someone yelling in your ear or <laughs> 50 people yelling in your ear. Yeah. And so you'll be able to just relax, sit down wherever you are and listen to some well-produced music. And so right now, this is mid-December, mm-hmm. you guys are planning to go into the studio the beginning of February? Correct. And yeah, so right. we'll be able to trace through leading up to the actual recording weekend and then we'll be able to go through post-production and and hopefully if all goes well there'll be a finished product by the time the summer rolls around yeah Yeah, exactly so for people who aren't familiar with the process before a band steps into the studio they go into a stage called pre-production where you decide the songs you decide what you're going to play what layers they may be Uh, any last minute changes to the song may be made here and then so once you step in the studio, you're ready to record whatever version that you've decided. Yeah. So what we'll do now is obviously we'll, we'll start, we'll talk a bit about the, that, that pre-production process as, it, as it's been going so far, because obviously you guys are doing work to get prepared for that now. Um, we have a few things we want to talk about, but I, I don't think we should keep this episode too long. So uh, we'll take it easy, we'll go slow, and we'll, we'll see what we get through and mm-hmm. pick it back up in a month and see where you guys are at at that point. But uh, so I guess the the first thing that go, comes into my mind when I think about musicians, like I know people like like an artist like Justin Timberlake, they'll just disappear for years, and then all of a sudden they'll come out of nowhere and they'll be like, "Hey, something's coming!" Like he did that teaser video for Twenty Twenty Experience, and it was like a minute, and then it kind of warmed you up, and then a month later it just dropped, maybe less than a month, 
And you don't really get to see in general that that process go through. You just kind of, you see the finished product drop. Like Beyonce did the same thing with her surprise album, Beyonce. Yeah. Where it just, it just appeared one morning in iTunes out of nowhere. So like, because my thought and BL, you echoed this a minute ago, what was taking so long? Like what goes into actually making an EP? Like not, not in a condescending, like, well, come on guys. But like, what's taking so long? I mean, our band, as we discussed uh, a while ago, is a fairly unconventional um, in many ways, in many respects. And we didn't know we wanted the EP right away. And so the things that we did were important in our growth to find out what we liked and what we didn't like. Um, at one point, we purchased equipment to try to record on our own. And we thought that might have been an avenue. So because we tried a lot of different things, it took us a little while before we landed here. But I think at the end of the day, it made those strong, uh, songs stronger because we're able to test them for so long before we go into the studio. So part of it is our journey. But I mean, the EP itself... Uh, you know, to collect the the funds was a while. Yeah, money's a money's a big part of it yeah. <clears throat> too, because the way we operate is we don't put our own money into the band. So, so when we do a gig and we make some money from that, that doesn't go in our pockets individually, but it goes into the band fund. And so we had to make sure that we had enough money that we could pay um, the producer, wonderful producer in Ottawa, Dean Watson, uh, Gallery Studios. Um, to 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 produce the the EP. So it just because like if if we all pooled our personal funds, we would have mm-hmm. been able to do this a long time ago. Yeah. But it's just we have that sort yeah. of anonymity to it where it's just it doesn't belong to anybody but the band. The band is its own entity and um so it takes a little bit longer to amass that kind of because we have to spend money on uh on merch um yeah. you know you got to spend money to make money so we have to spend oh. money on merch and rehearsal time in in like rehearsal studios for our shows and yep. you know that kind of thing. So so it took a while. So for all you business students out there, it's basically a nonprofit <laughs> sort of operation where there's zero capital. So our business challenge is to raise those funds and be able to reinvest to use that money to make more money. So um, you know, using merch as one vehicle, uh, it, it was good. The pins uh, were were a good way to do that. Another good way to do that were was the Teespring initiative, and many people were very surprised that it cost so much. But with that particular vehicle, it was zero capital, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was our solution to that problem. So it just took us an extra little bit of time to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we also had to make sure that people actually do uh, like the songs. <laughs> we play them enough now that it's like, okay, people seem to respond positively to them. So. So maybe we could do this. Yeah. Maybe it's worth listening to. M- music is the one thing where, you know, if you have a sample of, say, 50 to 100 people in a room and you're listening and they seem to be enjoying it, you can probably scale that up to a bigger audience. Yeah, yeah because, uh, you know, and at our shows, especially, there's it seems the demographic varies from people our age to older to maybe slightly younger and, and people who like heavy, like metal and rock to lighter, like pop and stuff like that. And everyone seems to find their song that they enjoy. And we have some very supportive friends as well. And, but even people that have never met us before come up and say that they enjoy what we do. So yeah, it's, it's always a good sense of, um, Especially our our most recent gig at yeah. Cafe de Cuff, we debuted two new songs that nobody but the four of us had heard before. Right, and and they were both. Uh, you were there, Rob. Yeah, Did you say yeah, that they were both uh, positively received? Definitely. And yeah, so so that especially is like yeah. when you have like that double um, layer of like writing a song that nobody's heard and also having someone that hasn't even met you before or heard your (laughs) stuff and people still enjoy their, like what you do. Like that's, that's a pretty good feeling. So I think going into this recording the EP, we're feeling pretty good that, you know, that we can put out something that people that we can be proud of, but people can enjoy. Yeah, and it's been a funny kind of journey. Like me and Damien sometimes still don't believe how uh, awesome people are in terms of their feedback and them coming to our show after show after show, even though it's the same, not same, but a large collection of the same songs is kind of impressive. And I think because we've done that for two or three years now, when we step into the studio, we're 
more comfortable about the the strength of these songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to say that it passed our own sort of artistic uh, uh, bars, but now we've sort of tested them for a couple right. of years now, and yeah. they're they're well worn and ready to go. Yeah, and you guys have had opening acts before. That wasn't completely new, but to headline that show with two other bands playing before you, one that was basically they did covers. And they had some interesting instruments. They had a saxophone. Yeah. So this was uh, first bass. First bass. Yeah. yeah. And then the other band, Boreal, who you've played with before, they're kind of almost like the sister band of, I guess. Yeah. They're kind of even related to you because. Yeah. Got some some relations going on between the the bands. Sons of Pluto and Boreal. (laughs) But uh, so Boreal are a little more. I don't want to say established, but they have a little more capital to actually invest. That they're look. Mm -hmm. They're kind of taking a different tack than you guys. They put out an EP. They're putting out another one. Is that is that the case? Yeah, they're putting out another one soon. It's uh, I think it's a finished production and it's just, you know, you just got to package and distribute yeah. it, I guess. So it's kind of both ends of the spectrum. Whereas I remember you guys four or five years ago, you guys were the ones that were all, all like covers and they were good covers. Like you guys did it well, but it's a totally different thing than coming in. And you guys, did you do any covers? Did you go like one? We did two covers. Okay. We did uh, Someone New by Hosier and we did The Wolf by Mumford & right. Sons. Yeah, yeah. So, so those two. and that was almost an hour long set, an hour long set yeah. and two covers. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's come, impressive come, in itself. Yeah. We've come a long way. Yeah. And we actually kept some of our original songs out of that set. Yeah, so oh, we yeah, have for sure more, I, we must be up to like 12 or 14 songs right now yeah. that we've written. In, yeah. In circulation for sure. And we yeah. have a couple of not joke ones, but certainly <laughs> ones that never just uh, kind of, yeah. you played maybe once or twice, but never kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yelled encore at the show and I was serious because there was songs that I know you guys have that I did not hear and I legitimately wanted to hear them. Well, at that point it was like, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like 1230 or like 1am and I didn't have a voice. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that you guys are now at the point that your repertoire is so full that you have songs that you can keep out of an hour long show of your, like your original songs. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, for sure. It almost seems cool. like you could just. You could, in theory, if money were not no object, you could just record an we album. You could probably just do a full length, more than a full length album, probably. I at think this point. so. Or like it a might s- also be good though to keep. You got to keep it some of it back. Yeah. You go ninety. We we come ten. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we also vary in this in the sort of genres that we play around yeah. with. So I think something that we're trying to consider for this EP is that we're trying to make it have continuity between. Mm-hmm. The songs and the genres we've been discussing, uh, uh, transitions between songs and how do we bridge the gap between songs that might sound a little bit different from one yeah. another. Um, because we do write, it's an eclectic, uh, repertoire of songs that sure. we have. Um, so, so we try to bring all the songs that kind of sound like they belong together in one. And then who knows the next time we do it, hopefully it'll be, it won't take so long and, and we can take some songs that, sound uh, like another grouping of songs that we've written. And uh, it's interesting. It might be a handicap that we have so many (laughs) different genres that we play with, but it might be a pretty cool thing to come out with like different types of albums. I think the Arctic Monkeys do that. I think they're known for kind of reinventing themselves for every album. Right. But uh, it's a a risk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hopefully people enjoy it all the same. A lot of successful bands have done that, though, like... Mumford and Sons, yeah, going from folk to rock and um, Beatles, your favorite Beatles. <laughs> the right? Beatles, Beatles like, went, yeah, like, the epitome phew. of uh, transformation. Ten years and they played with like everything. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think because we're open to that, we we may be having more um, opportunities to kind of capitalize on things that are um, you know interesting in different ways from different genres, and we really don't allow the uh, certain genres to kind of put us in any box. Right. So. Have you guys put any thought into the order of tracks? Yeah. Uh, because there are, there are bands that put together, as I'm sure you're aware, they put together an album as a complete package. So if you just listen through, it will it will sound like you wouldn't necessarily even notice that songs are changing. Yeah, it may not get that intense in some cases, but yeah, like Marianne's Trench is a is a big. I'm a big fan of theirs, yeah. and they their albums always do that. Like they kind of they all flow together if you if you listen through, and I think yeah. that. Something like that. I know you guys have a couple of songs that you play in in the either a pair or in threes, just yeah. because they kind of flow one into the other. Are yeah. you going to are you considering at least going through that the entire album, or you, some of them are just too different that it's not going to work like that? No, we even last night we were meeting up and we were talking about the two, like we were talking about the placement of the songs, 
first of all, like what song is good to start off and kind of warm up the listener. You don't want to like hit them too much, but with too much too fast. Yeah. And, um, and then the song at the end, um, you know, how do we bridge the gap between those two songs? Like, do we, we have to do some sort of transition? So definitely like we put some thought in the same way that we would put when we're creating the set list, there's for a live show, there's thought in, you know, what we want to, uh, start with to make sure that everybody's equipment and instruments are working properly and we can hear each other. Yeah. So it's kind of sort of like a live sound check kind of, and then we go into like some other songs and then we kind of like quiet down and then we ramp them up again. Like right. that's, those are things that we think about when we're creating the set list. Yeah. But same with this album is just like, cause for me personally, when I listen to an artist, I'll download or, or whatever, like the whole album and try and listen to it as one piece of art. Right. And, um, I think it's, it's good to do that. And so, yeah, we've been thinking about what to start off with. It's only like three or four songs or something like that. So it's not like it's 12 songs (laughs) that you have to like transition one to the other, but what makes sense for the placement of the songs, the order of the songs, and then transitions in between them. I think we're going to, for a couple of them do some things that you might see us do live, but also with some added effects too. Nice. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so for sure it goes into it. It's funny. You guys have can't come up as a band together with the mantra of more violin. <laughs> and that actually happened in the last show. You actually had to say more violin first. Yeah. At first, if something had gone wrong that she needed to reconnect something. Yeah. But- I don't think she had, up the volume on her preamp yeah. or something. I, I don't know what it was, but I did find myself. There was a request for more violin. Or more violin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's just sometimes though, it's just hard to put that yeah, for into sure. the mix. It's really raw. Yeah. You know? A lot of places that we play as well, because I don't know how we would categorize ourselves if we're a rock band or, mm-hmm. you know what we are, but, but a lot of places that we play are used to just heavy wall of sound Absolutely. rock band. Yeah. And they don't know what to do with a piano and no. a violin. Like they don't know. They know what to do with drums and a guitar, but they don't know like about those more nuanced instruments that like nobody really sees. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, I don't think it's crazy that we have those instruments. No. Sometimes I do, but yeah. I think that we make it work. Yeah. Um, and it, it works for the songs that we've written and the songs we play, but a lot of sound guys don't know what to do with that. No, I think uh, we just need to find a, a way to kind of explain how we want the sound to sit in the mix. We haven't had an opportunity to consider that deeply, but I agree with Damien that we are a very unique sort of setup where there's no bass, but there's a keyboard. But the keyboard is like a piano sound, but not mm-hmm. a synth sound and so on and so forth. So uh, we just kind of have to find out what it is that we want the sound guys to do in, in you know, more highs and the, or more mids and how you want it to sit in the mix. Yep. I think we got to do a little bit of that thinking, but that'll come with time. Sure. Maybe we'll we'll come back to that next episode, maybe in a bit more detail at the end. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything. Say time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much healing. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell out of feet. Such a difference between us and a million miles. Hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I Tears you apart Hello from the other 
about myself, I'm sorry. I hope that you will. Did you ever make it out of that town when nothing ever happened? It's no secret that the both of us are running out of time. You, you wanted you had a point here that I that I'm interested to talk about. You, uh, I assume this was you did, uh, talking about pop music and its place in serious music lovers playlists. What? Oh, that was you, Damien. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know you looked at the notes. I I was like the first person to write. I like wrote like three things and then I oh, good. pieced out. Okay, okay. So Bill the one that made the comments on your points, but yeah. those are your points. Oh, okay. okay, okay, yeah, okay. So what you want to talk about pop music in the? I do want to talk about pop Good. music. We've talked about, we've had conversations privately, maybe even in public, about Justin Bieber. Right. About his new music and yes. its influence on culture. Yes. and uh, But there's lots of other pop music that sort of thought, thought of as bubbly or it's just sort of for teenagers, young yeah. people. But you think, obviously, I, I think pop music has a, I think it has a place. I think, you know, pop artists, and I'm thinking of like, weird to say I'm thinking about like Justin Bieber and like you know uh sorry and what do you mean I tried listening to his um to his album (laughs) I say I try because because I I found that those two singles were the ones that okay and you know I um like I said before I enjoy listening to albums as one yeah right so when you have I think a lot on a lot of pop Albums, maybe they have like just a bunch of singles. They don't have like a concept for their album or they don't have like, uh, you know, some sort of themes that carry on through. Yeah. But, um, but, um, some do though. Like when you look at Adele and when you look at Justin Timberlake, they're pop, but like, absolutely, they're so, they're, there's so much depth in their music. Um, but, but, um, I think that there still is a place for, for, you know, just the, there, there are catchy tunes like, there are people, a lot of times the pop artists themselves aren't writing those songs and they've oh, got like sure. teams of writers, um, who are writing things and they know what people like mentally, like I'm sure they have psychologists that they consult with because they know what people like to hear yeah. and they know what they need to make a catchy song for the summer. Yeah. And then the next 
year it's gone and you forgot that it even exists, but you heard it so much. But you do that. hear it occasionally in the, yeah. later on, five years down the road. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. that they, where did they go? What happened to Carly Rae? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think pop music does have its place. Uh, uh, because if, if you think about like even the Beatles were pop music for yeah. the first like half of their career, they just did the whole like upbeat, I love you, doo-wop, mm-hmm. doo-wop kind of thing, right? Um, but, and it was good for them that they transitioned into something more philosophical and such. But, um, I, I find, I am a music lover and I have Christina Aguilera and the Backstreet Boys and stuff on my, on my, and I've just, I've been reason, the reason that I wrote that, um, to discuss was I've recently through Apple music have just downloaded a bunch of things that I probably wouldn't have yeah. downloaded before mm-hmm. and I was listening to I think I told you this BL I was listening to like No No Strings Attached by NSYNC and I was listening to like Millennium and Black and Blue by the Backstreet Boys yeah. and I'm realizing like it wasn't just because we were kids and we were growing up and like it's a nostalgic thing <laughs> like these it's these good. songs were actually really good yeah, like, I, like it was it was so cool to listen to them again as an adult and as a musician and as someone who can like understand and appreciate music more and still and find even more things that you like yeah. about it, like about the harmonies, about what they did to transition between like one part and another part in the bridge. And like it's it's really some of it is really, really cool. So I think pop music does have if it's done right, it can be as meaningful as any other type of mm-hmm. music like Lord. Lord is yeah, like a sure. really great pop artist who like who like is like way over everybody's head, but she also does things in a catchy way so that she's appealing to the masses, but she's talking about some really cool stuff, like about her upbringing and about her aspirations and about society, you know? So, um, yeah, Yeah, just because you're pop doesn't mean it's like, I don't know, I guess there's a stereotype that, you know, if you're an artist, you tend to try to find things that are indie or different that are non top 40, but someone like Sia, Okay, Sia, Chandelier, yeah. if you slow that stuff yeah, down on yeah. acoustic guitar, so cool. it's a beautiful song, Sia. Yeah. Um, and a whole bunch of, like, definitely Backstreet Boys, like they've, they've got something special there. Um, and I think if you think about what it takes to become a pop artist in terms of building those hooks and things like that, that's quite clever uh, musically. And yeah. we got to give credit where credit is due. And even someone like Bruno Mars wrote some really uh, big hits and Sia did as well for yeah, other pop stars yeah. and look what happened like they have that talent they, they have that. that raw talent yeah. it's just that they chose to kind of I, I guess it's almost like a puzzle you know how do I write the biggest pop hit of summer 2016 if yeah, I set yeah. that as a goal and I want to <laughs> do that and I do it successfully that's artistry is it not sure. so I, I definitely think there's a role of, in, of pop, pop music and yeah. the other thing is with if, if, if we think maybe kids listen to pop a lot and that's their introduction to music then they need to know what's um, almost like uh, popular chord progressions or little uh, motifs or themes that are very um, established say yeah. So that they know going forward what not to do to make it different or to, to not follow convention. Yeah. You must learn convention to unlearn convention mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. You must learn and then unlearn. Learn the rules and then break them. Exactly. Yeah. In, so it's in, very a, important. in the right creative way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In a pleasing sort of a way. Yeah. But then there are other artists who like nothing against her, but Selena Gomez, I just can't get behind because <laughs> like I find a lot of the song, a lot of pop artists, now it's very lazy songwriting, yep. like where they repeat a lot of the lines over and over and over again to just fill time, or they just do like oohs and ahs to like oh, fill yeah. time. I know, right? I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and that song's like two minutes actually, long. Uh, to, to that point, I actually did some research on that song. That was someone that told him to do that, and he was, oh, I kind of stuck on the second verse. What should I do? And the other guy's like, well, why don't you just, just kind of get just in riff on it? Yeah, riff yeah. on it and go, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. It wasn't even his idea, actually. Yeah. Huh. yeah. But, but yeah, go. so a lot of a lot of music is is like that. And then you look at the personnel on the song. And you see that there was five songwriters yeah. for that song. And none of them are her, in Selena Gomez's case. She and might be. Maybe none of them are her. Selena, but. but like five songwriters for like one line repeated yeah. over yeah. and over and over again. And like I think we have some songs that are just like, 
one like one lyric writer who you know or who doesn't doesn't have to like right. I'm not saying that we're better than any because they're making millions and we're not but but I'm just saying that like we we we're still at a stage where we're trying to put in as much effort into the the lyrics the yeah. words um and telling us a, a complete story and I know again to bring them up again the Arctic Monkeys I know that um for their current album AM that um that the lead singer he he like really really worked over the lyrics like I was reading an article and he said like he he really worked and you can tell like when you like like for Arabella which is a really great song off that like one of my favorite lines is the horizon tries but it's just not as kind on the eye as Arabella. Like he, he, you could tell that he like thought about right. it. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can tell I, you yeah. know, but if I'm listening in my car and it's just like, Oh, this is kind of catchy. And then you really like listen to it and it's just like, okay, well now you're saying that for like the 30th time, yeah. that, like, and, but you're going to make millions. So all the power <laughs> to you, I guess, you know, I mean, yeah. those, those writers aren't necessarily all, lyrics like you'll see max martin on a lot of songs and he's also producing and doing a lot of that background stuff um it's not all there's not necessarily five lyricists but yeah your point stands because a lot of them do write a lot of the lyrics yeah like guys like max martin yeah uh yeah there's there's a nice transition here actually because lady gaga is somebody who's had that hit of the summer she's had these massive songs but she also started off she started off very pop and just sort of you know damien you have in the notes here gimmicky um but she's transitioned at least in my mind she's transitioned or had some of her maybe the deep cuts on the albums she's had more meaningful songs where it's obviously she put a lot of thought into lyrics and she's obviously very talented when she sits down and sings yeah. and doesn't try to be lady gaga mm-hmm. she's an, an incredible singer she is yeah and she's really I good i think that i tracked that story because originally she was stephanie Geminata. yeah yeah and that didn't fly very no. well. And then, she, and then she, in performing, developed a persona <laughs> yeah. to not to sell, but to kind of block out some of the things that come with becoming a celebrity. Yeah. All the attention, all this stuff. So she built this character. And it was re- really refreshing for me to see in an interview for her to describe how she came about this colorful character named Lady Gaga. And behind that is is a wonderful songwriter who did that deliberately. Because she started, she started right. as a songwriter for I forget what record label. Yeah, and I think I think they they heard her singing in the copy room or something, and they were like, "Well, someone needs to give this girl a." And thankfully, she worked at a record label. Sure, so <laughs> yeah. like they gave her a record deal, but um, but that's how she started. And and it's funny because a lot of artists do that. Like they try one thing, and then it, like Katy Perry was like a Christian rock singer. Yeah, or something Katie like Hudson. That. Katie, Katie Hudson. Hudson. And one of the one of the ones that come to mind in recent memory is Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey started as something she used her real name and she put Mm -hmm. out a couple of of albums and it really didn't take and then she went and she reinvented herself with this like really like cinematic kind of Kristen Stewart like personality (laughs) Kristen Stewart did a perfect Lana Del Rey but then she got a lot of flack for being people were like oh she's so fake her name isn't even really Lana Del Rey and it's just like do you think Lady Gaga's name is actually (laughs) legally Lady Gaga like do you think Sting is actually named Ringo Starr is his real name (laughs) you think Ringo Starr is his like like who cares if she changed her name she's adopted a persona and and that name goes along with that persona. Now she has a brand. Yeah. Like now she's got Lana Del Rey. Same way Lady Gaga's got Lady Gaga. But mm-hmm. I think one of my points was that with with that is just like how do you, how do you set yourself apart from from everything that's going on? Like you, I was speaking with Biel on the way here. We were listening to some Beatles tunes in my car, and it's just like you just feel like everything has already been done. Yeah. Like when I sit down to write a song. I, I was telling you, like, I'm so worried that that thing has already been done or yeah. like I'm stealing unknowingly from someone else. And it's at this point, And I feel like as we get further and further, like it's going to be, people are, are going to be, have a harder time writing songs that don't sound like 
other yeah, things yeah. already. And like, you're going to have a harder time because now we're so saturated. Society so saturated in music that, that you're going to have a harder time setting yourself apart from art other artists. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe some people feel like they need to have a gimmick. Yeah. Like maybe Lady Gaga, like that was Stephanie's thing was that she, about like she needed to start dressing very ab- abstract and and um you know very unpredictably and maybe Lana Del Rey needed to start teasing her hair and going with the whole like classic look and maybe that's what they need to do to try and make a name for themselves yeah. I don't know yeah. some like Rihanna is a very sexual person maybe that's what she wanted to do to to set herself apart sure. yeah so do you need to have a gimmick is what I it, I think it depends because you can have you could have a very plain person like Lady Gaga's Stephanie Germanata is she's a very plain person. But when she gets dressed up, whether it's clothing wise, makeup, hair, when it's all done, she looks totally different and she stands out a lot more. So maybe that's what it is. If you can stand out in a different way, if you can stand out just by having just by standing there, or having people not even listen to you, like in the voice, for instance, if you can. If you can thrill people with just your voice, maybe that's enough, but it doesn't it doesn't guarantee anything. You have a lot better chance if you stand out visually as well. Right. You'll get people's attention and then they'll keep listening. Like I'm thinking about like Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. looks completely different than when she yeah. was starting out, you know, and <laughs> and The Weeknd, who is another I would say a great pop artist who like has depth to yeah, it. Yeah. Like but The Weeknd, his hair I don't even know what that is. Like that looks like uh, like Nobody a rat's knows nest. What it is. Like yeah, I'm, I'm like where, what barber do you go to yeah. to get that done? Like I I don't know, but I guess maybe that's what they feel they need to do. And you know what? I've I've spent some time as well, like doing musical theater and on stage, and I can say that you don't feel as real or as connected to what you're doing as much as when you have costume and makeup on and if you are in your head if you are this character if you've developed this character well then and then that character needs a certain type of costume or makeup or hair i know for me when i'm going through rehearsals for shows um and i'm you know just in my street clothes i don't put as much into it as when i have the whole getup, right you know so maybe it's maybe it's the same thing it's kind of like a way to you were saying earlier earlier like so and so has that persona, like the Lady Gaga persona, to and behind that is still Stephanie. But that's what she needs to. And yeah, I think so because it's very vulnerable when you step up there, and you kind of have to have that out there and, and kind of shield you from it because it can be quite harsh to be that vulnerable and put your heart and soul out there. And yeah, for sure. And uh, if you're able to catch people's attention first mm-hmm. and then tell them your story, maybe that's what. People yeah. need to do. And then, I mean, not to say that one way is better than the other, but we took that route, certainly. Like, we did covers first. Not that we dressed up, but certainly we attracted them with our covers, which yeah. could be seen as a quote-unquote gimmick, right? We entertain first. Sure. Get people's attention. Show them that we get our we can keep up with the other people, get our teeth cut, and then go, okay, well, let's do three songs, then five, then ten, and slowly build that way. So we did the same thing, if yeah. you want to think about it that way. Yeah. But, I um, suppose so, yeah. If you can call doing covers a gimmick, because that's kind of the, the traditional starting out for a band. They play music that already exists just to make sure they can actually do it, make sure there's a reason <laughs> yeah. to keep going. Yeah. A lot of bands... I mean, I'd say most bands, obviously there's a very tiny percent that actually make it and become famous and all that. But I would say there's a lot larger number of bands that start out, play a couple covers and just stop compared to ones that play a couple covers, play a lot more covers, make their own songs. Like the the art, the number of artists that make it to the point where they're actually writing their own material and then playing it is a f- tiny fraction of the total number mm. of people mm. who, who try to be musicians at any point in time. Mm. sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away mm-hmm. Wonder this time where she's gone 
wonder if she's gone to stay. Mm, ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and this house just ain't no home. Anytime she goes away, I know. She's gone in this house. She's ain't no home. Anytime she goes away, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Oh, only darkness when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. She's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away, anytime she goes away, anytime she goes away, anytime she goes away. I think this is a I know in the first season we we drew it out we had a bit more to talk about I think this this season we'll keep it shorter and what we'll do is wrap up and talk a little bit about music you guys always want to talk about new people new music you're listening to and I yeah. also have a couple uh so Damien why don't you start what's uh what do you listen to these days um it's new something that's new that I listen to newish newish well Alabama Shakes has a new album yeah, that's really good. It's that quite good. Really good. And uh, and there's one single that's not on their album, but they release it as a single, and they played it on the Late Show okay. um, with Stephen Colbert. And it's a single called Joe, and it's a very minimalist. I think you both listened to it, right? I have not heard the song. You haven't heard it. Okay, it's a very minimalist song that is just so. Brittany Howard is is the lead singer for Alabama shakes. And it's just like her vocals basically carry that song. Wow. And I, she's, there's so much emotion and like pain in it that I keep listening to it all the time. <laughs> so there's that by Alabama shakes, uh, Adele. I've been waiting to, cause I can't get it through Apple music. No, I know. So, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. So I've been waiting to like maybe get it on vinyl or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll just sit down and just listen to the, that whole thing. Cause yeah. I can't, I keep hearing great things about it. That's another one. Did you ever figure out, we were talking after the first, when we first heard it, how it was very minimal after she performed it on SNL. Right. Formed Hello. Is it that minimal? Or no, no. Okay. Someone there had are a lot more instruments. I guess. Yeah. I guess the bass, track and her vocal track mm-hmm. were on the same channel i guess yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. but but someone had basically taken just that the vocal track that vocal track and you know kind of like isolated it from everything else so that you could hear and it's a good thing they did because you could hear that like adele is not auto-tuned and oh like my, there's it was that, ridiculous it, she's so good like yeah. flawless and <laughs> it's amazing and so um i can't wait to hear that um and i don't know I think That's Coldplay it. has a new Coldplay, album. Yeah, that's really dug into. They have a new video that was out. It's kind of mm. neat. Yeah, it's cool. Chimpanzees playing music. It's I feel cool. like they're going back to the sort of Milo's. I wasn't a big fan of Ghost Stories. Sorry, Chris Martin and, <laughs> and Coldplay. But I think it. they're going back to the Milo Xyloto kind of like very colorful, very you know, almost upbeat. funky. I heard a lot of funk, there was some funk in, Yeah, yeah. It, it was cool. So Coldplay's Dancey. new album too. Yeah. Um, and I actually recently, like I said, I've recently subscribed to Apple Music. So yeah. I've been getting a lot of different, uh, albums from like my childhood. So I've been listening to a lot of Disney songs. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Um, but also I've been listening to a lot of like really old, like I've been listening to like a lot of Billie Holiday and Etta James and Nina Simone. Oh, those are good. And like Muddy, Classics. Muddy Waters and Little Richard. And like, I've been, so that's kind of new for me to, right, to yeah, actually yeah. like sit down and listen to these pioneers and these people who have, 
who have inspired so many people like Adele or yeah. Hosier or Ed Sheeran or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to a lot of mm. that too. Just uh, going back. Yeah. You're, you're still on, you're on Android. So you're listening, you're on the free trial of Apple music. I've been subscribed to it. I've been paying for it since the end of September. Okay. And like it's 10 bucks a month. I've, I've been fine with it. I've been very happy. Even if I don't listen to music all the time, I listen yeah. to some every day and yeah. I listen like there are occasions like we went to a cottage and I had my honeymoon. Like there are events where it's nice to have music playing Yeah, and you can just basically pick a playlist. You can pick like radio stations and just listen to them all yeah. day. And yeah. It'll just, it won't repeat. It's very, it's, it's really nice. The thing about Apple music is it has that 24 hour radio station. Yeah. That, like, beats one. Yeah. Beats one that like airs from different parts of the world yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's, that's really cool too. Cause you can, you feel like you're in London yeah. and like, this is what's going on in London right now. Yeah. Like I remember <laughs> listening to the one, like, I forget what time it did. I was at work and it was like London. Uh, and it was just like, all right, we're going to play you some club music. This is what's going down in the clubs. And boom, boom, boom. And I'm just like, I think it's the, like 1 p.m. It's just like, oh, in London, though. It's like, I think in London they have an accent, Damien. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't. Can't Hello. do Zane Lowe. <laughs> they, well, they have, um, I haven't listened to Beats One nearly enough, but they have, uh, Elton John doesn't, his Rocket Hour, I believe it's called. Cool. Dr. Dre has an hour show cool. every week. Yeah. yeah, they they got some big names. I mean, yeah. obviously, Dr. Dre is now an employee of Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's really cool. Yeah. I have been listening to a lot of Marianas Trench since yeah, I have late, a, oh, late October. I need to get that album. I, I love that album so much. They do, they, they dip into the 80s kind of 90s genre. Apparently, apparently this is, based on the, the track information that I'm going to have to now pull up from memory, uh, it's based on, Loosely based on the plot of Goonies, which I've okay, not seen. Okay, that makes sense. We should see Goonies. I, I should watch it. It's a classic film, man. But they, so they they take hooks and they take some of the melodies from songs. They have a song that I really love based on uh, Jackson Five. Yeah, that song is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool song. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, called it's called Shut Up and Kiss Me. I'm gonna try to pull out links for some of the stuff we talked about and to be able to put yeah. them in. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of good music out there. Bill, do you have any more you wanted to? Right now, I'm looking at Rob's Christmas tree, and so <laughs> a lot of so it's the same kind of thing where you're trying to listen to old songs and and and, and put a new ear to it because you've had so much experience. Yeah, you've so recently sort of like rediscovered the Beatles, though, kind of too. We were talking about that, right? Beatles, like, see, I, I want you, uh, and you're saying like, oh, and, you can see how, uh, and and that wasn't an attempt to get to know Damien a little bit better musically, <laughs> um, so that when the next time we jam, he goes, uh, well, it's kind of like this. What do Right, this, you know. this, like this, and try to figure out where your musical roots are coming from. And, and, and again, it's like any artist, I would investigate who their musical mm-hmm. influences are. And so, um, having started taking jazz lessons again, a lot of jazz stuff is in my circulation and nice. learning about Tin Pan Alley and playing. I know we played Georgia on my mind earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the first season, but apparently there's a jazzy version that I completely overlooked. Sweet. Uh, that's more true to the original. Yeah. Um, so things like that about, um, songs and how they're constructed are, have been like important in an analysis. Uh, and mm. so, yeah, I don't really have anything new. I mean, yeah, Alabama Shakes, uh, is a good one. Um, just listening to old songs with new ears. Uh, Christmas carols being some of them too. Yeah. You guys check out the new Buble Christmas album? No, I, have I, don't actually, I don't actually know if it exists. I, have not. I, no, I, I know he has one. It doesn't matter. Know. I think he just puts out the same one every really? year. Just re-release every year. SNL did a pretty yeah, good yeah, spoof. Yeah. Was that last year or something like that? Uh, it's always yeah. good. <laughs> no, we're talking. We're talking classic with Bing Cosby and those kids. Bing Cosby. <laughs> Bing Cosby. You guys know about Bing Cosby, right? <laughs> Crosby, Crosby, Crosby. <laughs> Bing Crosby. Yeah. That that okay. duet that we did for our first. Uh, Single or release. Remember, you did it with the sack. What is it called? That Peace little- on Earth, uh, Little Drummer. Oh, Boy. yeah. Peace on Earth. David Bowie, yeah. David Bowie has a new album out, yeah. too. Yeah. Hmm. And I think the Offspring are supposed to have something out. <laughs> Offspring's <laughs> new singles off the hook. It is. And then Muse as well. Like Muse. Muse. BL and I are going to Toronto in January to watch Muse yeah. live. And I'm so excited. I don't understand, but I, I love it. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. You don't yeah. understand Muse? No, I've never really gotten into oh, it. Oh, man. Really? It's so okay, good. You, you listen to the song, you figure a whole 
orchestras behind them, but it's three dudes. Boom, boom, boom. It's boom, three boom, dudes. Boom. And I'm just <laughs> trying to pull up on my calendar. January 16th, 17th. Yeah, man. <laughs> what I love about Muse is that it's a very, thea- again, in sort of like Lana Del Rey, but different. Mm-hmm. It's a very theatrical, like you can see it being like a film score. Yeah. And that, like, that's how they write their songs is like just a very theatrical, very big songs that, um, yeah, take up a lot of like orchestra and stuff like that. And they know what they're doing. Like, it's so epic. It's really great. Yeah, I really love that. It's worth, if I've given them only the slightest, the smallest of chances in musically, I should give them another broader chance is what you're saying. Have you, you should listen to Second Law because that's when I fell in love with Muse. So Drones is their new album, but their previous one, Second Law is like really good. You should listen to that one and just like, tell me what you think. Okay. I'll do that. Just please do that. I can do do that. that. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Wrapping up, let's talk a bit. And we ha- we didn't actually discuss this in any detail beforehand, but we we have been talking since we wrapped last season about feedback volume one, the music of oh. feedback. Oh yeah, we're gonna be putting together the tracks from that, yeah, and attempting to distribute it in some kind of way where that doesn't get us in trouble. It doesn't get us in trouble, eh? <laughs> because they're covers, but also that will enable us to subsidize some of the equipment that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. over the years and uh as well to let you guys show your support for the show and to be able to keep going i my thought is there's no there's not gonna be a price on this this album but if people feel like you guys have earned anything and that i've earned anything in helping put it together that they can support us so uh look for that in the near future around when this is coming out absolutely i think we might have an avenue for that i mean just in the last little bit i think i've recognized the the kind of time and effort that well we're talking just for me and my yeah. da- uh, me and my friend Damien me and my Damien me and my Damien in the last little Damien. bit we've been requested um, to play at someone else's wedding next year for their ceremony and and I know that one was with the band but yeah. ourselves as being Brian and Damien have <laughs> developed the sort of I guess rapport between the two of us, but also a uh, good chemistry that mm-hmm. I think people are starting to pick up. So um, if you want to support Brian and Damien, this is your yeah, chance to, to, to say thank you and uh, make sure we keep doing what we do. And don't forget about Rob. Right, Rob. <laughs> I, it's really cool. Cause you guys played, you guys played at our wedding. Yeah. And that was we so did. great. Were we supposed to talk about that? I thought I we don't. were supposed to talk about that. Well, we mentioned it. We played we at your wedding. It was great. People the cried ceremony. in a good way. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. played at the ceremony. ceremony. Yep. Beautiful ceremony. Best wedding I've ever been to. No joke. Hands down. My, my only regret, the photographer did not know that we were not strangers to one another. <laughs> she thought that we were hired musicians. Yeah. Which is the greatest compliment. It, it really is. She sees a lot of musicians yeah, at weddings, sure. I guess, right? But she didn't know we were actually So we friends. didn't get any pictures of you guys playing. We didn't get any video. Oh. Not that we would have gotten video, but yeah. yeah. we. Uh, but it was really awesome, and you guys stepped up and nailed it. I didn't notice a single mistake. Damien played. Damien sang a country song. I did. was somewhat popified. Yeah. Because you sang it. So. Or damified. Yeah. And I also learned a hymn, a church hymn, yeah. uh, two on the days, spot, on the, the spot, day before. Yeah, yeah. The day before it, I was supposed to do it, <laughs> and it was great. music. Yes. Anyway, yeah, but it was fun. It was great. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, that'll do it for that ep- this episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next month. And in the meantime, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash feedback to check out a the videos from uh, from this session, and also to listen to past episodes in this episode. Uh, I should note. Serial came out this week with the first episode of season two. I and just thought about Serial last, like yesterday, and I was like, I wonder if season two is out. We're matching up almost perfectly. Oh my gosh. I'm listening to Serial <laughs> so hard. Oh my goodness. That, hey. That's really just to give me some time constraints to actually put this out because that was today <laughs> as we're recording. And I'm hoping to get it out on the. My, my goal is the 16th. We'll see how flexible that ends up needing cool. to be. But yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next month. Awesome. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.